Okay, what's going on, guys? And welcome to a brand new episode of Energize. Today we have the very special guest back on the show. We have our Southside correspondent, Mr. Paul Neal, and our, our Dublin, Dublin Centre correspondent, Ross Cowell. Lads, what's the story, boys? We're back. What's going on? How's the form, Basmo? Good, lads, good, lads. Another, another week of uh, football action. Yeah, are you, on the, are you on the tier of the coffee? I'm on the Guinness, just making it look, look like I'm not an alcoholic. Oh, but, nice, uh, nice. The only way to start the day. But, uh, Paul, the home of the black stuff. It is the home of the black stuff, actually, yeah. The pubs, I think the pubs properly open on the 20th of July. Yeah, I think so. I think yeah. uh, the, the drinking only pubs. The, yeah. re- the real pubs. <laughs> yeah, the only meal you can get is a packet of crisps or peanuts. But, uh, <laughs> Paul, um, first of all, people, uh, Paul's from Irish Football Fan TV, if you, if you don't know, now you know. Paul, uh, this week it's been a very interesting week for some Irish footballers as well. Uh, I think the best thing to do is start off talking about that. Yeah, well, obviously, John Egan got his first Premier League goal. Um, it was a long time coming. If you look at a lot of the chances that he's had, like he's came very, very close to scoring. I, I did feel yesterday, I was watching him and he got close a couple of times. He eventually got his goal, but I have a little stat here from uh, Octa Joe. Um, so, four, John Egan has now scored in each of the top four tiers in English football with today's strike, which was yesterday, coming 2,308 days after the first of these goals in March 2014 for South End in League Two. So obviously that's great for him. You know, um, I just said off uh, off air to you guys there. Like he, this is a player who had so many struggles with injuries coming up. He went to Sunderland and he had to go out on loan constantly. Um, never really got a break. His dad passed away around the time when he broke his leg. Could have easily jacked it in. And to see him go from where he where he was then to, to where he is now, I think it's brilliant to see. He's a regular now for Ireland. I think he has to be in the Ireland squad as a starter. I think he'd be one of the first names on um, Stephen Kenny's team sheet. And then you have uh, in, in the in the Premier League, I think he's right up there with any of the centre-halves in the top 10 at the moment. Just going on current form. And then you had Andy Stevens, who obviously had a, a good few games as well. He, had, he got a nice assist there the other night as they beat Spurs. So Sheffield United with Floyd, Dizzy, like, I know he's not been on the score sheet, but some of the things that he does, uh, like, I just think he's extremely underrated. Like, as a footballer, maybe not as a goal scorer, but as a footballer, and some of the stu- stuff he does, like, he was unlucky not to get an assist for McBurney. And then... The Irish Firmino, one might even say. Yeah. Well, so some of the stuff he was doing was very Firmino-esque. And I remember he got that little back heel. That was like Firmino would do. Um, you know, if McBurney had the finishing qualities of a Sané or, or, sorry, a Mane or Salah, then who knows, that might have been a goal. But uh, it's definitely... They've bounced back massively because last week I remember sitting here yeah. thinking that they'd kind of uh, blown it. But they've put themselves right back amongst. I know maybe a draw yesterday was a bit disappointing, but... I mean, they've shown signs that they're, they're back and they don't look as leggy as they did maybe when I was thinking about them about a week ago. And just when we're on Irish footballers there, let's uh, have a quick look at the Burnley contingent. Uh, is, is it the last time we've seen Robbie Brady and Jeff Hendrick kick a ball for Burnley? I know the Jeff Hendrick one's fairly dead certain now, but any update on R- Robbie Brady? I haven't heard anything at all. Um, I've heard that the only reason they kind of extended the contract he had by 12 months because they had a clause in it was to maybe try and cash in on him so something like the Jeff Hendrick situation didn't happen. But Jeff Hendrick came out there during the week and, and, and released a kind of classy statement towards the Burnley fans, which I thought was, was very nice. But, you know, Kevin Long, weirdly enough, started the game yesterday, who has just been a regular on the bench. Like, I remember 
him talking about someone had asked him something saying he's the longest serving player at Burnley. And they were like, Oh yeah, would you have a testimony? And he says, Yeah, I'll probably I'll probably be on the bench for that too. That's like he's <laughs> always on the bench. So I don't know what what's what's the point in him staying at Burnley if he's just gonna be on the bench and, and covering every now and again when, when the only reason he's in there now is because games are coming thick and fast mm. and they need him as cover. Now, he did well, you know, they only conceded a goal. And I don't think he was at fault for it, but you would like their centre halves are good though, Tarkovsky and uh, Ben Mee. Yeah, but Tarkovsky was brought in, like so so Long should have, was already there. He should be, you know, trying to push ahead of him in the pecking order, or at least go somewhere he's gonna be first choice. Because his Ireland uh, career could easily fall down the pecking order now with some of the younger lads coming up. So I, I would I like I don't know what the story is with Robbie Bray. Again, another player I'd like to see go somewhere. I think do you know where I'd like to maybe see him go, maybe resurrect his career a little bit, but somewhere like Celtic. I'm playing in European competition every week, or well, not every week, but you know when they're in the European competition, and I think that could really get his career back up and running. It's yeah. a club where did, he could, where, sorry, he could be where, the main where's, man. Where's actually you think Robbie Brady's best position is because he obviously he's came into United as a winger, and then like then he started playing left back. It's uh, it, it could be the biggest problem probably is that he doesn't have a set position. Maybe he'd be ideal in the back five. But uh, where do you think, Paul Ross? You, you obviously you think about that. I, well, Ross, if you want to go ahead, I, I already know what I'm going to say. Oh, I actually, prefer, I actually prefer him at left back. To be honest, uh, I actually think he's quite good in the tackle. Uh, he, he can deliver a decent cross as well. I just think he he almost doesn't have the pace to play left wing. So I, I prefer him at a left back if he didn't know overlapping job. And uh, I, I think he can almost emulate a game similar to Robertson for Liverpool. Walter, like Carragher, so, you, so he's a failed winger. Nobody wants to be a Gary Neville. Um, yeah, I know. I was going to say that I think left back because if you ever watched them for Ireland, especially after the Euros, Martin O'Neill at times would you know move him from number ten to say left back, and he'd be controlling the game from left yeah. back. Like his left foot is a one, and he can see and do things that other players can't. I think he when he's on form and he's fit, which I don't think he's been fully fit. Um, he can be Ireland's best player. And I think at left back, but the only thing is you have Enda Stevens there who's in the form of his life right now. So yeah. if you're um, I think Enda's better than him as a natural left back in that position. But he's, he is more of a wing back, isn't he? But if you're talking as an out-and-out left back, I think Robbie Brady could do a job there. But I think if he's going somewhere like Celtic, um, a left mid kind of job would be good for him. You know, on the set pieces yeah. and something like that. And I, he hasn't even been linked with Celtic. That's just me putting a link for yeah. him. <laughs> I just think hey, he that he could be the new Ian Hart. Maybe he can go to Leeds as yeah. they get promoted. There you go. I, I just would like to see him go somewhere he's going to play first in football. If it's a championship club, so be it. Just for a year. Um, just to get his career back up. He's only like 28. Like, so mm. he still has about, if he really pushed himself, he had about four, you know, maybe five good years in the Premier League if he pushed himself, I think. Yeah, I think, I think he missed out on maybe trying to get a somewhat of a big move uh, after the Euros that time. I think yeah, that was his chance to really push on and then obviously have one or two injuries and stuff like that. But like, I thought after the Euros, I was like, surely someone's going to buy him after that heroic goal. You know what I mean? But it didn't really come from. He yeah, stayed at Norwich then. And then I think in January, Burnley then bombed. Yeah, but I was more so saying like if you could move into that sort of like Leicester City uh, Spurs bracket of uh, teams. Well, it was not, not a hole. Uh, he went from Norwich to Burnley. He was at a hole before that, I think. I don't remember the Nor- Norwich. 
yeah, he was, de- he was definitely at Norwich though, um, with Wesel. But uh, what was I going to say? The I completely lost my train of thought there. Yeah, after all, I was putting Robbie Brady in with superstars. Oh, oh yeah, no, yeah, no, it was the Leicester City link. Um, mm. But if if there's anybody that he should look to to you know emulate, it's Mark Albright. Look at what he's done. Mm. I think there's someone that he should look at and go, all right, well, he's made the most of his career. That's what Robbie Brady should try to do, I think. Yeah, I suppose Mark Albrighton's almost been a journeyman, but like it's worked out very well for him. He's a league uh, league winner, isn't he? So any yeah. big champ is league. So yeah, not bad, not yeah, bad. Yeah. Uh, no, Robbie Brady did play for Norwich. Sorry about that. Um, when um, when Robbie Brady seems like at his best, it's like when he's just coming over the halfway line and the other team are trying to push back, and he gets to cross the ball in and he gets loads of space. That's definitely, I I think that's when he definitely is uh, at his best. I'm not overly confident about his defensive abilities. Uh, because he's way more attack-minded. But uh, the Robertson show is not a bad one. But I think in a back five, he'd be good. But he definitely needs to get more games in. And uh, But the thing is, he's after he's like an Irish legend already now for the goal he scored against Italy. So there, the, the, he must be like, oh, I can't go down to the championship. You know, I'm better than that. I was linked with Leicester. And the next year, a beer, they won the league. But um, he's, he's definitely someone now, like, after spending so much time out, also being best mates with Jeff Hendrick, I think him, Jeff leaving Burnley would be like, right, I get to start fresh as well. Because like sometimes you get too comfortable in your environment. But uh, I think he should try and get games, try and get games, and then he can move on next year. Because if he's going to play left back, he'll last a lot longer because he does have pace as well. But um, it'd be interesting to see because now the likes of Stevens and it coming in, that's his spot now. So um, McLean isn't really. 100% guaranteed to start either so so if he's not careful he might be relegated from the championship and um, Paul <laughs> just just, just uh, one last thing I want to ask you is uh, at Southampton obviously Danny Ings like hasn't taken off his shooting boots for the whole lockdown he wears him uh, to sleep <laughs> he, wears him, he wears him to bed uh, is this bad news for uh, Michael Obafemi and Shane Long or is this something that they can sort of you know bounce off and also you know Get made their way into that team alongside them. Well, I think it's uh, it's. I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing. I mean, if Southampton are winning games, it's going to be good for their confidence either way. But yeah, I know what you mean from a personal point of view, maybe. But if they play in a two up top, so mm. there's room for one of them to to get in always alongside things. Like Jay Adams got in last night, took his took his opportunity, took a great goal. To be fair to him, yeah. Um, Femi at times has done that. Like you think of the goal against Chelsea that he scored. And then I think there was one against West Ham as well. Two brilliant goals that he took. Problem is, he just doesn't do it enough. And Shane Long, yeah, he's great as a workhorse up there alongside Danny Ings. And I think he's happy to do that job. Um, and he gets recognition for it. You know, not many players who do the dog work do get the recognition for it. I mean, Giroud, Giroud did it for France in the World Cup when they won it and just got abused because he didn't score goals. But if you ask any of the French players, they would say that he helped so much. So it's kind of those... He is getting recognition for the workload he's doing, which is great to see, and obviously got rewarded with a new contract. And then Obafemi, he just needs to start scoring more. Same with Aaron Colony, but uh, like mm. on the Southampton buzz, Obafemi just needs to start scoring more. And then there was two other lads on the bench last night, Smallbone and um, Will Ferry, who mm. are qu- are quite highly rated. So if they start getting runs, it'd be good again. So this is only good for the Irish team. More Irish players playing the Premier League. It's only going to be good for the national team, I think. Yeah, it looks like Ings is definitely going to... Someone's going to try and buy Ings. So, well, yeah, yeah Liverpool, goals, Liverpool, 
Liverpool are going to buy him back for like 40 million because like that's just what Liverpool do. He'd be good up front with uh, Jamie Vardy or something like that. Yeah, um, well, he, could, he could be a good replacement for Jamie yeah. Vardy. I think I said that on last week's show. He did. Cause, he did. Yeah, because uh, I think the Vardy, although I was almost writing Vardy off, I was like, oh, Vardy went hard in the gargle on the lockdown and, <laughs> and he's not with it. But then he breaks the 100 goals and he, he's got his shooting boots back on. Uh, that fella has had like such a historic career. Do you remember they were going to bring a movie out about him? Is that actually going to happen or is it not going to happen? Uh, I thought, that, yeah, I heard that as well. That, that could have just been in the papers. I think I think they were like looking at people to play him. I think your man Cook from what's that show? Skins. Skins was going to play Jamie Vardy. That's actually that's actually a really good show. Oh my god, that was outrageous. Yeah, yeah, but Cook from Skins is actually a really good show. Well, someone has to have that Jamie Vardy party, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> who's gonna play the wife? Who's gonna play the wife? And then uh, stitching up Re- Colin Rooney, <laughs> <laughs> Rebecca Vardy. Joe, Joe, I think she's after like trying to bring Colin Rooney to court now over this as well. So, like that's because uh, she was she was preggers now, but yeah. Was it there? Yeah, but like, like I, I don't understand how, like, <laughs> after you were ratting your mate out, being pregnant is an excuse for that. It's like, ah, I gotta kill four people, but I was pregnant at the time, so it doesn't count, no? She just got a lot of abuse while she was pregnant, you know. I, I just, if I was Jamie Vardy, I'd be going mad, but. Yeah. How did they not have a TV show, like, the, the, the Housewives of. He just seems like a normal lad, just wants to get out, play football, and mm. go for a few cans after, or whatever it is he does. Yeah. Well, he, he, he was a factory worker up until the age he was 24, you know what I mean? What? He was still working in a factory up until the time he was 24. Yeah, wasn't he on tag as well? But, uh, yeah, but like, when you have wives at home, like, there's only so many times you can get hair and nails and makeup done and between 9 and 1 o'clock and then you're just like, right, you take your glam photos and then you're like, you know what? Wayne Rooney's missus needs to get done out here. Like. <laughs> <laughs> Straight to the sun. No, in fairness, yeah. I, I, th- I actually think she was doing a lot of charity work as well. In fairness to Rebecca Vardy, so yeah, like, I think she's on that. I think she's just a sniper online, but like you know, I mean, <laughs> what's that? Idle hands make the devil's work or something, isn't it? Sure, That's why it, not? Yeah. yeah, that why not? Why not? <laughs> uh, yeah, is there any other Irish players you need to look over? Because I think Robin Brady is definitely one that uh, I think a lot of people are interested in. Because you know, I mean, after scoring like all people thought he was going to go up and up and up, and now it's uh, you don't even know. Uh, in fairness, I think fair play to Seamus Coleman uh, in relation to Black Lives Matter. Uh, Troy Deeney came out and said that he, like Seamus Coleman was one of the captains in the Premier League that really pushed that forward. So fair play to Seamus. He also, um, Bernard came out recently and spoke about mental health and how he had a anxiety attack last year and he suffered really bad. And he's seen a psychologist at the, mo- at the moment. He only came out in the lockdown and said it there. Like I only found out a couple of days ago. He said the the person that you went to speak to about was Seamus Coleman. So I think that goes to show the character that Seamus Coleman mm. is, that people can go and speak to him about whatever. And I just think that Seamus Coleman is like the best person in the world. He <laughs> just never does anything wrong. And he just does everything right. And he's such a good role model for kids. Um, Tim versus up. Rashford for, <laughs> for person of the year. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. But if you're talking about Irish people, he's, he's, yeah. the, he's a brilliant role model. I mean, yeah. he plays guy. He'll probably go back and play guy after... Um, he finished his career, but he's just such a good role model for for footballers and just kids in general. I think. Yeah. Does he have any kids, or is he married? Yeah, he has two daughters. Does he? Yeah. You never yeah. hear any of this stuff. He's very private, but um, 
Yeah, yeah he has two daughters. Yeah, yeah imagine a tough man to get a hold of, is he? Uh, yeah, well, uh, he's been he's been talking about coming on with me, but never does. So he's been busy because he's been the captain. Like the, he he was one of the people because the captains sorted out all that stuff uh, regarding the wages and stuff like that. He's just been so busy. Because, uh, as I said, he was meant to come on and, and do one of the podcasts with me, but he never did because he's just never got a minute. Seems a bit like Dennis Irwin just gets on with his work and keeps his family life to Like, he just, that's, that's a good routine to have, you know? Yeah, be, I, be, I can't speak highly enough of him. Yeah, he could be crashing cars in, out in Birmingham. But, uh, Roy Bosmo, are we starting at the top of the league or the bottom well, like, of the league? Well, like, there's another huge move that might be going down is someone was speaking of transfers is Lionel Messi. Might be leaving uh, Barcelona. There seems to be a lot of turmoil there, lads. And the change room is all over the cape, supposedly. But uh, just, I'm just interested to hear where you think Messi could end up because he is 33 now, but uh, he could leave at the end of next season. He's actually able to leave at the end of this season because he has that written into his contract. He can leave at the end of every season. But uh, if you're going to take a guess, what do you think Messi does, lads? Because that Barcelona team seems all over the shop. Juve. Do you think him and Ronaldo are going to actually line up together? Someone uh, I seen it the other day that they they are the team at the top of the pile that uh, are linked with him. I think that I I would just love. I think every football romantic would love to see them in the same team, even if they were forty and playing <laughs> the same team together. I think people would just love to see it. Just for your in fairness, I do think Juve are probably the shrewdest business movers in all of football. Like the amount of players they got on free. They sort of like got the Ronaldo deal wrapped up before like people even knew Ronaldo was transferring. Um, they they seem Ramsey. to be really really with it. Yeah, exactly. Like I think they got Kadira for free. Rabio, uh, as well. Rabio, like they got both on back. Uh, like I don't, I don't think they paid a lot of oh, money for Chelsea. Uh, Buffon, sorry, Buffon beat uh, Maldini's appearance record. Uh, the two legends of Italian football. Yeah, um, like Chiellini, or like I don't think he cost them much. I mean, like they've done really, really well. Uh, Juventus, they've obviously splashed a bit of cash along the way, but I mean, get Messi in. Like the jerseys he'd sell will be worth you know every single penny. You know, what I mean, people would have to buy two jerseys to have Messi jersey and Ronaldo jersey. I was gonna say that. Um, the only other option I've seen going to, but it's more unlikely now, is if, you know, a Man City pep, but if Man City aren't in the Champions League, Messi won't want to do that. Yeah. The only thing is about Messi is that everybody knows that he controls Barcelona, he picks their mm. managers and everything like that. It's like ridiculous. He has to go to a club where he's going to be allowed to do that. And if he does go to Juve, it might be an ego clash between himself and Ronaldo. Apparently they're mates, but yeah, but that's because they see each other every now and again. Um, mm. I think it could be a big ego clash there. He has to. I, I just think he has to go somewhere where it's going to be all about Messi. But where is he going to go? If, so it's the end of next season, yeah? He's mm. going to be 30, what, 4, 35? Yeah. Who's going to let it be all about Messi? <sighs> then? Like, if he's still freakishly good, yeah, okay. But the likelihood, if, if you're going off um, being a realist, he's probably not going to be as brilliant. Um, mm. And he won't be able to do the things that he's been doing for the last how many years since he's been seventeen or whatever. So yeah. he's been doing it consistently year on year in year out. I think that takes its toll on the body. And I think, as I said, it, what club is gonna, you know, you, you might get somewhere like Galatasaray where it'll be all about him. But if you're talking about any of the top European leagues, I don't think so. 
Yeah, do you know what? He's, he was, uh, there was, uh, I, was, I listened to all these other football shows and you're saying that he was on the phone to Xavi to be like, please come be, be the manager. And Xavi's like, no, you're not yet. Not while that current board's there. So like, once the, I think that they've, they're done at the end of next season, I think as well. So, mm. so if Xavi, team is aging very badly, like, you know, Rakitic, Alba, Neymar, or, or, sorry, Suarez, Messi, uh, PK, like they're all kicking on a bit. They're all like in their thirties, like early yeah. to mid thirties. Yeah, he hasn't got long left. He wants to win another Champions League, obviously. But um, if they got Xavi in, I think he'd stay. I think it'd make everyone a lot happier. Like Suarez is looking for a new contract as well. But uh, he's thirty three. He can't like he's not gonna be able to do all that running around for ages as well either. And then I think Griezmann said like he'd actually be open to move to Manchester United this uh, summer. And then all the Man United fans tweeted him saying. Yeah, we could do a backup for Greenwood. Well, so, like, the, thing, the thing about Griezmann is, because I, I was listening to a lot of football daily podcasts the other day, and there's been a lot of turmoil between the manager and the players, and Griezmann not getting along with the players. And Do you know that lad off um, ESPN? Uh, it was Jerome Laurent. Yeah, I do know him. For Baldy fella. Yeah, no? the, the, yeah. French, the, the French lad. Um, yeah. He was on talking about Griezmann, like you know, he went to Barcelona knowing that they don't play the system that he's used to, where his best position is the second striker. Um, he went to Barcelona where he, more often than not he's used out on the wing. Uh, he scored a great goal last night, nice little dink that Messi set up for him. But uh, yeah. it's a bit of a strange move for him to go there. In the end, like it's all, I, I, I understand everybody wants to play with Messi and all that type of stuff, but. He's there complaining that he's not getting his game and stuff like that. Well, he should have known that he's going somewhere where he's probably going to be second choice in the position that he probably wants to play, which maybe would have been centre forward or Suarez plays. Um, and I don't think that he's been getting in ahead of him and he's been getting frustrated. If I was United, I wouldn't want him. I don't think you'd he, like when someone snubs you, you're obviously that much more being like, all right, well, you know. Time passes your boy with, with people like Griezmann. I think he made a massive blunder going there. He probably should have stayed at, at Atletico, if I'm being honest. I, I think I think like a move to PSG is all out, written all over his career, you know that? Yeah, or a swap deal with Neymar, maybe. Yeah, something like that. Just that's, like a move. That's a very good show. That's a very good show with Neymar, I think. Yeah, especially considering he's French. It could be like Griezmann and Mbappe. You know what I mean? They're already good mates as well. Yeah, and they've played with each other at the national team. Yeah. Too. And then that, if if that does happen, there's probably a higher chance Messi would stay at Barcelona if Neymar came back. Yeah, definitely, yeah. All right, yeah. so that, that's wrapped it up. <laughs> it's funny how you connect one dot and then it just makes everything seem real. Uh, lads, here, another thing before we get, get into the top four race, because that is obviously heating up. Uh, there was a massive debate going on the internet over Manchester United front three versus Liverpool front three. And Paul, uh, as an Everton fan, I want to get your opinion on this, because uh, Ross... Do you have the stats there? Oh, uh, give me two seconds. I'll, I'll pull them up. We we had a, there was a, a a sneaky debate in uh, one of our WhatsApp groups last night. Um, I'll <clears> pull them up for you now. Yeah. So obviously in Manchester so, United, Manchester United's front three is obviously Anthony Martial, Greenwood, and Rashford, and Liverpool's is obviously Mane, Salah, and Firmino. For people who go on. All right, Basma, I'm ready for you. You ready, Paul? I'm yeah. Ready. Don't forget. Don't forget. So uh, Mane scored yesterday as well. Yeah. So, uh, Greenwood has 15 goals and 45 appearances this season. Uh, Marshall has 39 appearances and 20 goals. Rashford has 36 appearances, 20 goals. 
Salah has 42 appearances, 21 goals. Firmino has 46 appearances, 11 goals. And Mane has 41 appearances and now 20 goals. So it's 129 appearances uh, for the Liverpool front three with 51 goals and 121 appearances for Manchester United with 55 goals of their front three. Now, I know sort of the argument would then be that, you know, Liverpool are playing higher competition, playing Champions League, and then Man United are playing Europa League. So I took just the Premier League stats. So that's an even playing field. And then I took a goal per minute. So Anthony Marshall and Marcus Rashford both score a goal every 147 minutes. Salah scores a goal every 148 minutes. Mane scores a goal every 152 minutes. Firmino scores a goal every 331 minutes. And then, Paul, I want you to guess how many minutes per goal Mason Greenwood is. Um, he nearly has a goal every game. Uh, 120. 115 minutes. The only person with a better goal per minute ratio in the Premier League this season is Sergio Aguero. I was close. Like, fairly impressive, no? Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. Um, and, like, that puts it on an even playing field, you know what I mean? So, the Manchester United front three are actually outscoring the Liverpool front three in the Premier League this season. But what's the question for me? Because I know you're comparing them. I don't think it's, like, who's better. Because, like, I think everyone sort of knows the Liverpool front three are superior. But I think it's more almost, does the Manchester United front three have potential to outdo the Liverpool front three? Yeah, also, if you bear in mind that Liverpool were being touted as the best team ever earlier on the season on the fucking group. Yeah, like, we, like we, were all, we all witnessed it, lads. At a certain stages, we were all shaking in our boots, being like, oh, shit, this could really happen because the football they were playing is unbelievable. But for all the hype about Liverpool, then you go and see that United, on the other hand, who have supposedly, well, who've had one of the worst seasons, like, if we could finish with the least amount of to- points total than, than David Moyes. Uh, Solskjaer has been constantly wanting to get kicked out of the club. Um, like Martial and Rashford both have only barely, like played half not half a season but uh, they haven't been in the team as much as the Liverpool front three which is unquestionable and then uh, Mason Greenwood suppose he's only after coming out of the woodworks mm. so like it, it, it's it, it, when you look at the statue like Jesus that's mm. um, they're not lying also you have to take into account like Mason Greenwood is like a sub 90% of the time He's made 26 appearances in the Premier League this season. Only seven have been starts. Well, what's your thoughts? He scored, he scored against Everton earlier on the season. It broke yeah. my heart. But um, no, it's like what you said there about Liverpool and you know people coming out saying that they're the best team ever. To the most deluded fan base <laughs> you, you'll ever come across. I'm sorry, but they, but they are. And not all of them, because I know a few of them that are really good to follow, uh, really good supporters of the club, mm. and, the, and they, you know, they go to games, and, and you, take, you sit down, and you can have a proper civilised conversation without you know, getting ratty with each other. Like, if you say, it's very hey, hard to do. It's very hard to do. And you know what? I do have a lot of deluded fan, fan base as well. Let's just call it space. space. Yeah, but the, but the ones that I know aren't as much. And I kind of, mm. as I said, I, I spoke earlier, like my, some of my good friends... We could sit there, we could talk about Everton and United and Liverpool. We could talk about Premier League without we're putting bias aside as well. And you could say, like, Liverpool front three are absolutely brilliant together. I think if you take one of them out of the three, they drop off as seen against Everton first game back um, from the lockdown. The, the intensity goes out of their game. I think the three of them together are brilliant. They've worked up a brilliant um, kind of... They all know each other's game inside out. 
Whereas I think yours are uh, talking about Manchester United there and the players, how often have the three of them played together? And you look at their stats are very good. So if they were to play together more often, you know, it's only going to get better, but you, well, you would hope anyway. Um, Martial seems a lot happier through the middle. Um, I see someone saying, you know, like he's always playing with a smile on his face, whereas you often remember him with just a still-faced, um, never smiles, just always looking angry at Anthony Martial. But he's a lovely footballer and, you know, he does score lovely goals. He always scores crackers. He reminds me of kind of Henri a, a little bit, kind of the way he strikes a ball. Um, mm-hmm. And then Rashford, I think Rashford's class. And I think a lot of people were saying, I, I remember a lot of people last year saying, you know, Rashford uh, should leave Manchester United. You know, Man United fans saying, I was like, I would take my Everton in a heartbeat. I think he's brilliant. Um, you know, even but Rashford's kind of like, like Greenwood should be looking at Marsh, uh, Rashford sorry, and saying, I want to try and emulate to get to where he is right now. That's what he should be doing. I think Rashford would be a good role model and kind of take him under his mm. wing a little bit. He spoke very well about him in the interview the other day. But I think Rashford, even from the early days, when he was playing with England and all, he played the Euros in 2016, came off the bench and he was running at people and scaring the shit out of him. I think, I think people need to utilise Rashford more. Uh, England should have done it more, I thought, in the past. Manchester United... Um, I felt like he wasn't embraced enough, and I think now he's getting that recognition, and I think he's getting a bit more embraced now. Well, I was only thinking about this last night, right? When you when you look at footballers, you're like, right, who has like who's natural born talent, and then who has puts the hard work into the talent. So, like when you look at someone like Ravel Marson, who was like such a like a world talent. I don't know if he was world class talent, but like a like a up there like an AO ten for talent. But then the, but if you're going off what other people say, he would be yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, we say, like, talent, you're on a scale of 1 to 10. Like, realistically, like, Messi was I think, it's, I think I think potential is probably the best word to use. Like, world-class potential. Yeah. Yeah, well, like, yeah. Well, like you have to put the hard work in, and then you see the outcome. Like, Messi was born with what he has, like, and then put in the effort as well. Mm-hmm. So, that's 10 out of 10 in both scales, right? If you say Morrison, maybe he was a 10 out of 10 potential talent, whatever you exactly want to call it. But the effort wasn't put in, so he's, like, down at, like, a 6, right? But then when you look at Martial Rashford and Greenwood, I actually think Greenwood is the most naturally talented out of a lot of them. And I think he has a higher ceiling than both. I was thinking about it last night. I think Martial can go for it and Rashford. I think Rashford's going to end up being the worst out of the three. Uh, Ross, I'd like to hear your opinion first. Jeez, like the worst out of the three could still be potentially very, very good. I know, uh, that's what I mean. I mean, th- I think this like, three is serious. Uh. I must say, I think Mason Greenwood has the highest potential to be the best out of all three of them. Uh, I feel like he can do uh, set pieces as well. Um, obviously, both footed like is such a danger to any defender because you can put him on either feet and he can still do you in. Um, will he move into a striker role? Very much potentially so. Uh, Marshall looks like the most natural finisher out of the three of them at the moment. Um, as Paul said, there is that touch of Thierry Henry sort of ice cold in his veins when he gets through on goal. Um, yeah, I'd almost say Mark Rashford, I probably would agree uh, that he is probably, you know, he almost has the least highest ceiling of the three of them at the moment. But, like, that's still a very, very high ceiling. Yeah, well, that, that's the thing. Like, I'm, it seems like I'm writing off Rashford, but, like, if, if you look at what Greenwood could do, the way he can, like, he can score off both feet, Mm. He can like when he does a step over, he actually goes by a player as well. Whereas Rashford sort of uses pace to go straight mm. by. It is two different games. But in terms of maybe a minute less football and ability, he's the one out of the three who's actually a leader on the pitch, and he could be a future captain 
which is something that you can't Rashford. That's something that you and can't. And in the world, yeah. You look at what he did with the Twitter. Mm. That's something that you, that's something that you can't really teach. Oh, no, you know I know. I, I, mean? I, I, I wouldn't agree on that. I wouldn't agree on that. What you don't think he'd be a future Man United captain? No. Well, who 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 do you think? I think, I think Greenwood. I think Greenwood. I think Greenwood has the potential to be the new face of Man United. Like like what he can. Rashford can't do that. Rashford since he's come back hasn't been that impressive. Like he scored a penalty, but what else has he done? Yeah, but he, yeah, but he does it all on and off the pitch. Like yeah, but that's, press that's and stuff he does off the pitch. Yeah, but that's that's part of part part of being a captain. You know what I mean? Like no one's no one's there saying like. Jordan Henderson, the greatest footballer of all time, but like what he brings off the pitch and the communication level he brings in is very, very high at Liverpool. They're not like first name on the team sheet for his football ability. Yeah, no, I think, that, that's, I think that's, what that's Ross point. means. Uh, I think what Ross means is that like maybe if he doesn't make up for what goal score and he'll still do something on the pitch that would be like a leader's what a leader should do on a pitch. Whereas Greenwood could score the goals or whatever. But Rashford will be the leader on the pitch like Henderson has been for, for Liverpool. He hasn't necessarily put in world-class performances, but he's, he's galvanised the team and got at them when they needed to be shouted at and stuff like that. I think that's more what Ross yeah. means. No, I get that. I get that. But I think if or when, I think it is when, Sancho comes, I think Rashford doesn't get in, the, get in ahead of him. So he'd be on the bench. I don't know. I think I might push him on a, a, a bit. You know what? Yeah, what was that? There's that old saying that uh, hard work beats talent if talent doesn't work hard enough. And I think that that's never been truer. Um, as you mentioned, Rav Morrison had all the talent, never never fulfilled it. And there's other players that probably came through, like McTominay, who probably was never meant to go on to do, but he's worked really, really, really hard. I do think with, uh, you know, Man United's midfield as well, it's quite interesting that, you know, you have your sort of McTominays and Freds who sort of held the team together in the down period. But now, like, those guys are going to seriously lack minutes going forward. Um, you know I mean? Those sort of players, maybe not McTominay, because I feel like he actually loves the club, might be looking for a move elsewhere. Now, obviously, there'd be loads of games to play, but, you know I mean? They were great when we needed them, but now we need them a lot less. I still think uh, McTominay's a very good player. He's gone out now. He's a Scotland international and stuff like that. So mm. I think he's really benefited from getting a chance to actually play. I think I think there's more chance of McTominay being future United captain than Rashford. I know you, I know you're saying the stuff he's doing off the pitch, but like you have to. There's so sometimes I don't know. Just looking at it, it's it, it's it's different. It is different. Yeah, but do you think McTominay will ever be a guaranteed starter? Yeah, because Pogba's eventually going to leave. But I don't know when that's going to be just because of all the situation that's going on. And also, I think Pogba's like, oh shit, Bruno's actually better than me. I think the thing is now, Pogba wants to play where Bruno's playing, but he can see that Bruno's way more effective than him in that position. So therefore, he's happy to take the secondary role. If Bruno, the way Bruno Fernandes is coming into this team, he's changed it the way uh, Van Dijk and Allison have with Liverpool, and you can't deny it. Like in all the games, like uh, it's like it's unbelievable for us as United fans to be like, why did we sign him five years ago? You know, but, yeah, but uh, you don't think they can coexist now and just like be the main same Manchester United midfield for the next five years? Yeah, I didn't say that at all. I think they definitely can. But I think when yeah, but you said he's, probably, you think he's going to leave. Yeah, I do think. Well, he's going to leave eventually at some point, and not like necessarily this summer. I said this. Yeah, but it could be in five years' time. Who Pogba? Yeah, 
Yeah, well, as I said, I, the, it's things have changed over the last while because of the COVID situation, and now Pogba can notice how good United can be now. But um, yeah, but I'm, what I'm saying is, that if McTominay, yeah, just, just in terms of future captaincy, you know what I mean? Like if Pogba does stay for the next five years, and Bruno's still there, you know, there's no guarantee that McTominay would actually get enough game time. To you know, make himself a viable option for captaincy, because I always think with captaincy you should be a starting eleven player first, and then you should be opting for captain. I think almost that's why Harry Maguire is captain because it's like right, well he'll definitely start every game. Yeah, but like when you look at, like when you're looking at a captain, I think McTominay has that sort of captain store, captain. Material, yeah, material that what's in, it's in, it's in them. The way you can see the same way Harry Maguire has it, like the way you can see Bailey doesn't have it. And then <laughs> he's been shocking after that first season. He was very good, and then after that, yeah. he just nice. Well, right. Matic, Matic, I suppose in a way has has really upped his game, and having the yeah. two lads in front of him has helped. So look, they do have a good dynamic going forward. There's no point in just falling out over if Pogba's <laughs> going to stay or not. Uh, you know. Time will tell what that happens. I think you should just really embrace the fact that you yeah. do have three really good central defensive midfielders that other teams will be looking for in their team. Like you've got Fred, McTominay, and um, Matic that can play there, and that allows Bruno and Pogba to play. Not many other teams have that luxury of being able to have three of those players to come in there and, and do that job. Yeah, it's, it, it, it's definitely a good problem to have, or I suppose, you know. It's almost uh, we've been treated so much with Bruno and Pogba back in Man United's starting lineup that you almost like are unwilling to revert back to the uh, team that played the first half of the season altogether. Yeah, there is also the worry if you know you get an injury, especially in the field. Like if Bruno was to come out of that team, what would happen? Like there, there's it's mm. a it's, it is like a scary thing. I don't know if someone would definitely just fit in. Like you'd almost rather Pogba got out injured than Bruno because there's just. There's some there's some flavor Bruno's after adding to that team that is uh well I think it also say, depends on the opposition as well though you know what I mean like if you know they're playing Bournemouth you know what I mean you'd have to expect them to be able to win without Bruno I know but what happens this, what happens if you know come up against the bigger teams then and then you're not going to play a front five like that is like Pogba going to drop back and be a defensive player then but Barry the you just don't you just don't play any of the top teams for the end of the season now, do you? You have a pretty easy running, I believe. Well, I think Le- we play Leicester. Well, the FA Cup. Ah, FA- well, are they like come on? Well, the FA Cup semi final. We bet them. Well, the FA Cup semi final, and yeah. then then the last day of the season, which could potentially be for a top four spot. The- all right, so you have two games. So the, what what are the chances that? Well, take all- it, yeah, but then if they win the, the FA Cup semi final, then there's the final. And then there's the Europa League to come as well. So I'm just wondering, are United going to do such a high-pressing front five from here on out? About, I forgot about the Europa League, sorry. Yeah. In fairness, I think they have enough quality to semi-get away with it. You know what I mean? It's not like Pogba won't put in a defensive shift at all. I know, yeah, but you know is, that, so, is, is that what you expect? Because remember, when originally when Solskjaer came in, they were all high, high press. And then he reverted mm. to a two-man defensive midfield. And now he's like, I will go the other way again, lads. Like, like what... You well, in fairness, I think, it's, I think it depends on who you're setting up against. And, like, that's almost the Man United way which Solskjaer has brought back. That, like, look, when we're playing Bournemouth at home, we're attacking them for the whole game because we're Man United. Yeah. We're not sitting there playing four holding midfielders against them. We're not playing as if, you know, they've, you know, reincarnated Kaka and Ronaldinho midfield against us. You know what I mean? 
Yeah, I think I'm just I'm just way more interested to see United take on an actual bigger team and seeing what way they actually put the formation out now because they've done everything now against the worst teams. They've even gotten a goal behind and come back and prove they can do that. It's just you really want to see against the bigger teams now. Yeah, I still I still think United are away away from being having that fear factor that they had. Um, you know, I'm going back before 2012 here, where mm. if you played Man United, you had the fear of God that. Even if you went to goal up against them, the game was never really won. And even if you were two goals up, the goal, the game was never really won. They were just so good at getting results that they could come back from 2-0 down or 3-0 down and win 4-3. They were just so good. I think I think Solskjaer is about two years away from... Uh, he has to assemble a squad mm. and be given the time to do that. And if he can do that, he may get that kind of attitude back. But I think that as, as United fans, that's what you obviously want to see. But you know it was just so good, but they don't seem to have that fear factor. I know when I play, or sorry, when Everton play, uh, you know, mm-hmm. for example, I don't have that fear factor as much. I still think I still think United is a very tricky game for, Everton, but I but I'm more confident than I than I would have been previously, and there's that fear factor. Whereas I'll always have that fear factor when we play Liverpool, even when they've been shit, because we just are cursed against them. But I think I think um, although it is I just a think, yeah, but I think United do need. A couple more players maybe to add into there. You obviously have the front three that you've mentioned, but maybe it might be no harm just to have another player just to come off the bench who, who may not be as good but can still score goals. Like Solskjaer was, wasn't amazing footballer, was he? He just scored goals off the bench and was he was good when, when called upon. You need someone who can be ready and come on like that, I think. Yeah, I definitely agree. I think the squad that United and Solskjaer have amassed now is probably the best squad they've had since sort of, you know, the Ronaldo, Tevez, Rooney. Uh, to be honest, that last Ferguson won the league, it wasn't actually that great of a squad. No. Like people weren't clamoring for the Man United. They were all aging like Barca, like you said there. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah, we yeah. have a look around the rest of the top four, Basmo. Yeah, or do you want to finish off on that? No, I was just saying that. Um, like I think Liverpool are obviously in the, in the best position for next season as well. I just think the year after that it's going to be extremely interesting. Just trying to keep up with what. No, that's fine. That's fine. So, okay, so that obviously covers Man United, who are currently in fifth. Uh, Wolves are still hot in the heels in sixth, lads. What about Leicester dropping off? Well, like that seems to be, uh, they seem to be back on track, you know. Vardy, Vardy scoring, like that, that's Leicester. If Vardy can score, Leicester will do well. If Vardy can't score, Leicester are going to struggle for goals. Hence why he's the top goal scorer in the Premier League. What twenty one goals now? I think he has. Um, look, I don't know whether they've rebounded or whether you know they had a few blips. But I think we'll have to see Leicester play another game of football before we can actually realise whether they're you know going to compete for that top four. Because when they came back, they looked like they forgot to still get you know guaranteed themselves top four. Are the cobwebs off now? I think, well, I think they have to be for everyone. I, I, you know, um, I still don't think Leicester are the side they were before Christmas. Um, I think they capitalised on everyone else probably being so bad, other than Liverpool, who were amazing um, at that time. Uh, City were bad, you know, they were bad. You know, go down the league, everybody was really pretty much bad. Um, and they capitalised, and, and fair play to them. But since they've come back since the restart, they haven't been great. Um, they've got a couple of bad results. Uh, Burnley drew with them. Um, who else? Everton beat them. 
Yeah, but they played someone before that as well, and I think they, they either got beaten or Brighton, drew. Brighton, wasn't it? Brighton, they drew. Drew, yeah. So their the games... Table. Yeah, yeah, because uh, Aaron Connolly won the pen. Um, but yeah, so their games that they probably, before Christmas, would have won, and now they, they just couldn't really buy a win. And yeah, Everton, play, I thought, until the, the, the own goal... It wasn't on goal. He kicked it off his face. But until the Leicester goal went in, they didn't really hear Everton that much. I thought Everton handled the pressure quite well. And even though Leicester, on paper, have a better team than Everton, I thought Everton handled the situation quite, quite without the result, which in other years they probably wouldn't have done. But then Chelsea as well, like losing to West Ham, mm. that was a crazy result. But I thought results this week were quite favourable to Manchester United. In many ways, absolutely. Um, you know, I'd still have to gain four points on Leicester though, because um, Leicester's goal difference is far superior at the moment. Um, look, Chelsea slipped up against uh, West Ham. It was it was a strange game. I was watching it. Uh, William actually set a record there, which might never ever ever be broken. He scored a goal in every calendar or every month of the year, because obviously the Premier League doesn't run for twelve months. So, um, shout out to William. Uh, I think he's extended there at Chelsea as well. But like they bounced back and then won 3 against Watford. Ross Park actually looked very good in that game. Uh, yeah. First goal in uh, the Premier League for 20 months. Yeah, and he got an assist as well. So I, th- I think he scored in the FA Cup as well, didn't he? No? I think he did, yes. Yeah. Uh, from the, in the box, inside the box. Yeah, yeah so it, like, lads, is it true at the end of the season it's going head to head? It's not actually going goal difference as well? Because that's what I heard. I'm not sure. Okay, did you, what was the first result between United and Leicester? That's what I was thinking. Yeah, because I actually can't remember. And then obviously, oh no, United won, didn't Chelsea. they? Then United win. I did think Rashford scored a penalty. I think they won one 0 and we were like, oh, how do we win that? Good. Well, first, United always beat all the good teams, so like our head-to-head <laughs> should always be quite good against the other teams. Like if we went head-to-head against, uh, well, not Brighton, but like last year's Brighton, we wouldn't have done so great. Yeah, because my dad was on to me. He was like, oh, I think we're going to have to get the goal difference. I was like, all right, grand. And then I was watching the United, the United stand and they said that uh, Mark Albers mentioned that it's going to come down to head-to-heads, which is interesting. And like, look, there's a, there's a, there's a big game next for Leicester. They have to play against Arsenal. So yeah. that's going to be very, very interesting. Arsenal are back hot. I suppose we could almost talk about Arsenal versus Wolves. Um, Arsenal seems to got got their, their shit together. Like, there's no other way of really... Uh, Speaking about it, like I think we all were sort of looking at Arsenal and going, "Geez, they could drop into the bottom half of the table." Yeah, and now they look like they're the seventh best team in the league again. What do you think? Know, I wouldn't be getting carried away by Arsenal just for one one win. You know, they've been poor other than that. They're seventh, yeah, but they, they're seventh now on three points behind Wolves. It, it's that that league, the league is actually so tight; it's ridiculous. Lads. It's just it's a joke. Yeah, well, anyone can be anywhere. I just don't yeah. think Arsenal are the the seventh best side. I mean, I think if Arsenal played Spurs next week, Spurs could end up winning. It's just been that type of league, you know. Yeah, but like they, they, they've won three on the trot now. You know what I mean? Yeah, but look, call it spade is spade here. Like, I think if Arsenal came up against any of the the bigger teams, obviously not including Wolves in this. That like I wouldn't fancy Arsenal whatsoever. Like put it this way, nail again. But Arteta seems to have somehow managed to grab grab that bunch of players and you know put a bit of cop on onto them. Um, get a beat out of them. Yeah, exactly. Um, Aubameyang seems to be scoring again. Uh, that young fellow Saka seems to be his confidence through the roof at the moment from 
So, look, we all know what Arsenal like. They might show up to their next game against Leicester and lose 3-0. And we all just hate typical Arsenal. So, <laughs> yeah, uh, the problem is consistency, Ross. Isn't it, yeah. isn't it? it really, really is, definitely. But look, they're putting themselves in with a fighting chance for Europe again. Which I think the Arsenal fan base badly needs. Because uh, me and Barry were on the same the other day. Like, if Arsenal drop into 10th, no one will give a shit about them ever again. You know what I mean? Like, Arsenal are only sort of that banter club when they look like they might do something and then they fail, if that makes sense. No, no one has any interest in it. They actually become a middle tier club. I'm just looking here. If Everton beat Spurs tonight, uh, Spurs are on 45 points. They're on the same, played the same. But Everton could then Jump up go two in, spots, isn't it? Go up to ninth. Yeah. And then they're, then they're a point. Um, hang on. They're, they're then two points. Sorry, they're one point behind Sheffield United then and two points behind Arsenal. So. It's going to be a mad end to the season if, if teams uh, kind of keep beating each other. But Everton don't have the easiest running left bar. Their next game is almost against Southampton and Southampton are playing for nothing. But I think every game after that, they're either playing the relegation side or a team going for Europe. So, like, yeah. they don't have the easiest running. But yeah. Everton actually have three games this week. I don't think that Everton will get into Europe. I'm just saying that if, um, you know, we're kind of talking about Arsenal and kind of the way they've tried to jump back. If... Certain results go Everton's way. They could be in contention. I still don't think they have the squad depth to do it, though. Yeah, but sometimes if you can keep that starting 11 fit, you know what I mean? That, yeah, like that can be enough to get it done. You know what I mean? That's what Leicester did when they won the league that year. You know what I mean? I think eight of their starting 11 played 32 games plus. So Yeah. I just don't think the midfield is, is good enough or quick enough. They're very slow. Yeah, but I uh, know Richarlison and Calvert-Lewin will always give you a chance when they have them up front. Yeah. I think Richarlison was injured, but I think he's back tonight. Yeah, like that, that a secondary race now. It's almost like you have the race for Champions League football, which is almost the fifth, and then you have the race for Europa League as well. Um, is there, do you have any like, sort of thoughts on who do you think is going to finish in that sort of spot? Just say we say six, seven, eight. Wolves. Yeah, I think that's very certain. I think Arsenal finished there. I think finished the advance right now. And then Sheffield United. What do you think, Basma? From uh, what, for 5th, 6th, and 7th? No, 6th, 7th. That will be the Europa League finishing spot. For Europa League, yeah, Wolves definitely. Oh, it's, Jesus Christ, it's actually so close. Wolves, I think Wolves. Oh yeah, Arsenal, and then hopefully Sheffield United getting there, just just for the Irish contingent, you know, the Irish lads on tour. Haha. <laughs> 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 um, I, I I actually think it's going to be Wolves, Arsenal, and then if someone wins out of Everton and Spurs tonight, I think it'd be one of those two. Yeah, I totally think that everything can do that as well. It's it, yeah, it's oh, it's so close. Well, like by this time next week, we'll know a lot more because it'll be like three games for mm-hmm. between that. Well, that's yeah, it. Go on. I was just gonna say, if Everton do get uh, European football, I think that is some job that I obviously. 
such a masterstroke because when he took over, they were fighting for relegation. Yeah, in fairness, fair play to Ancelotti. In fairness, he knows he's doing it anyway, uh, if anything. And uh, also, European football for everything means more cash, cash, and that means they can invest back into that side. And I'd be very interested to see if Ancelotti could buy like three or four players who he'd actually get in. Like, who would Ancelotti's signings be? And yeah, that's what that's, I'm excited for too. And, and I do think he won't be like sort of almost buying Everton caliber players. Like, that's not really a knock on the club, but like he'll be buying players who he believes are world class. You know what I mean? Like, Ancelotti's not going to be buying your Charlie Adam. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, exactly. I think I could see him buying someone like Lozano off Napoli because he brought him in from uh, Mexico or wherever it was. Well, I think he was at PSV. PSV. Sorry, but, sorry, he is, he is Mexican. Mexican. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Well, do, you um, think he, do you think he'd sign Luke Garbutt? Who? <laughs> 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 okay, right, lads, what do you think right now for the, top, for the top four? Who's joining Man City and Liverpool just right now? Just what do you think? I know this thing's going to change next week. I think it's, uh, I think it's just going to be Chelsea and United. Um, Leicester, I think, have quite a hard run in. They have to play United as well. Uh, they have to play Arsenal. I'm sure they have a few other uh, tricky games in there. Um, I think they just get the job done. Chelsea were like so dominant against Watford that I'd fancy them to get the job done there as well. That was my personal thought. Now. Paul? Did I, I, I think I called Wolves to finish in the top four ahead of you, know, didn't I? I think, the other uh, week. I, I think you did, yeah, before they lost Arsenal. Yeah, but they were still going strong. I was still wouldn't there. Uh, I still wouldn't rule them out just kind of one defeat. They've been going strong and playing a lot of games with the same kind of team. And kind of, mm. kind of fourteen players, so it's that I, I I did say that Leicester would fall away, and they seem to be doing that. I, I can see that kind of continuing with the running they have. Uh, Chelsea, I still think it was just a minor blip last week. They still look the best out of I think all the other teams that have been back. I think I think they'll be okay. But I think it's between United and Wolves. Definitely think Leicester are out of the equation or will be in the next couple of weeks. So uh, it's, it's tough between, it's tough to choose between United and Wolves, but I'll probably go with Man United right now. Yeah, I actually just looked up there. Leicester South play Spurs, Arsenal and Man United out of their five games left. That's rough. Leicester do? Yeah. Yeah, so that's, so, so that's why I think, you know, uh, they'll, lose, they'll drop points. If they don't lose games, I think they'll drop points to draw, you know. Yeah, exactly. I think they'll play Sheffield United as well. And that'll be tough. Yeah. Yeah, because some of the teams are getting back into form as well. It's crazy. Mm. It is actually crazy. It's yeah. just great to have football back, though, isn't oh, it? Oh, isn't it? Like, it wasn't on a Friday, and I was so disappointed. I was like, fuck's sake, lads. Oh, um, are we looking at the... Oh, Baz, did you pick yours? I think United. I think United... If everyone keeps playing the same way they're doing, I think United will get it. And I think also Chelsea. Yeah, yeah I think that's dead certs, isn't it, really? Well, like every t- yeah. teams are now back and forth. Like as we said, like the Arsenal's are back. Uh, Sheffield United's, Leicester's. Uh, I know Chelsea had the blip, but like then again they look good. You know, I mean, it, as I, I feel like you know to have a banana skin waiting to happen to like toss in the air. But uh, lads, is there anything else to say about this week? Because uh, obviously um, for the relegation ones, well, that well, we guessed a few weeks ago. Hold on for a sec. Uh, Paul seems to be that the person who's right because it's looking like Villa, Bournemouth, and Norwich are going to be the three that are going down. Yeah, in fairness, um, I, I, I think uh, Norwich board needs to seriously look at uh, Farke in charge. Uh, they were playing Brighton there the other day, and Cantwell or Pukki didn't feature for Norwich in starting 11. Like, that was obviously a very winnable game for them at this stage of the season. It ended up being a one-all draw. 
and now they have they have to get a point to get out of relegation now from the remainder of 15 that's if none of the other teams get a result so like I don't think any, Norwich could be any more relegated if they tried right now uh, and then you look at the other teams Bournemouth against United you know what I mean they actually did put up a fair bit of fight to them uh, in fairness to them uh, but they don't actually look like a team that's hungry to stay up and then Villa You were saying talking about Aston Villa here. Sorry, by the way, the internet is fucking wrecking my head. Carry on. Uh, yeah, so Aston Villa, look, they don't look like they're going to escape this relegation battle either. Now, John winning again looks like you work very hard for the midfield, but like that, it's not enough. You know what I mean? They don't have a striker to put the ball in the back of the net. Yeah. Uh, that's the thing that's really going to hurt the most. I think I don't know what story is with Callum Wilson at one, but if they could get him back in the uh, team, I think he's injured at the moment. He could do the business for him, um, and maybe maybe have them escape. Watford as well, three 0 loss when they're trying to get out of that bottom uh, three, not great. And then I suppose West Ham, uh, they obviously got the great escape against Chelsea, and that might be what saves them this year. A win like that can be massive for them. Yeah, I t- I'd agree with that. Paul. Um, but just like they're, they're played what uh, you just said there about Watford I think they like a, a game that they weren't going to win they just didn't seem like the Watford that were put up to fight there a few weeks ago and before that they were, they looked really mm. good Um don't know what the story is with them I still think they're strong enough to stay up I still think West Ham are strong enough and Brighton who I did say I think that they would have a good run and they have Um so I think they'll I think they're all right now. I think they'd be fairly safe and maybe be uh, certain that they will be safe. Uh, Bournemouth and Villa just don't look like they can buy a win right now, unfortunately. And yeah, yeah, goals win games, and because they just don't score goals. And I think Baz is waiting for me to talk about Jack Jack Grealish not turning up once again. But uh, yeah, I just. I like John McGinn. I think John McGinn will get. Will, I I would like to see see someone like him in an Everton midfield. I'd love him because he's busy and he gets around. He has the legs. Whereas, um, I just think Greenish just strolls around games and just thinks he's the dog bollocks and and doesn't he doesn't actually affect the game in any way. He might create a couple of chances, but they don't have strikers to score the goals. Bournemouth again. They they just I just I said it a couple of weeks ago I think the championship standard I think they deserve to go down they just haven't been good enough um it'd be a sad story to see them go down because obviously they're you know with Eddie Howe and everybody likes him and everything like that but football's a rootless game it's a business at the end of the day and if you're not good enough you go down and it's as simple as that. Do you think another um, team would take Eddie Howe if uh, they, if you they, they um but like. I can't really say anything because you know Everton got Roberto Martinez when they were relegated uh, Wigan were relegated so at the end of the day I don't think any club should really sign a manager who has got a club relegated mm. I know it's I know it's Bournemouth okay maybe if you look around the league who could he go to I mean he's not going to get Brighton's job he's not going to get Watford's job he's not going to get uh, mm. yeah but I think to next season he might get that job that makes sense um. Well, maybe, but if you look at any of his 
big signings that he's he's brought in, they haven't really done well. Like Jordan Ive and Solanke, these, they, they haven't done well. He's signed so many Liverpool rejects. It's ridiculous. Solanke had over 40, has had over 40 games for Liverpool, hasn't even scored. Oh, sorry, 40 games, I think, either in the Premier League or for Brighton, hasn't scored. In fairness, Solanke's absolutely dirty. As... 20 million. 20 million. One, one thing that is like, very prevalent left for the relegation battle that is massive games that is left to go, right? And no team more than West Ham have this in their own hands because they actually play both Watford and Aston Villa and they play Aston Villa on the last game of the season. Surely if they win those two games, that's West Ham absolutely safe. You know I, mean? I think West Ham um, West Ham been showing fight um the last couple of games like they, they played Newcastle yesterday and they just kinda of showed that they had that fight back in them. But Moyes like Moyes has that in abundance and he will get teams fighting for stuff. He didn't have a good good squad at Sunderland when he when he actually brought them down. But I thought yeah. the last West Ham, they looked like they were dead and buried and he kept them up and then for some reason never got a contract. Um, left and then Pellegrini came in now he's back there and he's still like a lot of the players that he brought in are still I still think he, he can get a tune out of them I, th- I think they'll stay up I don't I, I actually don't think they'll they'll, uh, they'll go down he seems to get, be, be getting a tune out of Yarmolenko and these types of players as well who are the type of players who will keep you up because they have that quality um, and then yeah I just as I said before, but I just I just don't think they're good enough. Um, I think Brooks will leave the next season, or else he'll stay in the championship and help them get back up. But other than him, I don't look around the team, and, and, and nobody there kind of makes me go, "Oh wow." Um, Josh Josh King's all right, but again, he'd be getting into a Watford type of side. He wouldn't be getting into a Wolves side. Put it that way, you know. Yeah, well, Bournemouth has to still play City. They still have to play. I think Arsenal, Leicester. And Everton, you know what I mean? Like, could look them getting results there, you know what I mean? They will need like a Wigan type of uh, resurgence. Yeah. Ring Paul Jewel there and ask him for a bit of advice, will you? Sign <laughs> Heskey. Roberto, Roberto was the one who mastered oh, was it? Yeah. Oh, I apologise. I apologise to Roberto. Well, is he managing, he's managing Belgium at the moment still, is he? Somehow, yeah. Yeah, he's done a good job, isn't he? Yeah, I don't think so. He should, he should have won some. Uh, the only oh, no, definitely. But I know he's got a good job of navigating his career. Oh, so, yeah. Well, yeah, definitely Spoofer. Yeah, one on one. I think his name is actually Roberto. In fairness, because his name is Roberto Martinez, that, that sounds a bit sexier as opposed to his name. Uh, his name is like Robert Martin. They'd be like, no, not him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so I know this is changing it. Well, it might be changing every but what, what three are you going for? <laughs> Get rid of I think Paul has the nail on the head from day one uh, Bournemouth, Villa, and Norwich. I still I, I, I like Villa though, and I would like to see them stay up, but they won't. Those two teams, Bournemouth and Villa, have shown the least made of fight, and like if, if Norwich. You know, stay up, uh, stay up. Like, you know I mean, I'll eat my headphones live on the next Android podcast. <laughs> 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 so it looked, it looked like Bournemouth Villa and Irish, but like, I mean, everything's so tight, but let's see what happens. But, is uh, one, one more defeat for Norwich and they're gone? Is that it, mathematically? Yeah. Um, well, there's, they have 15 points left to get, potentially. And uh, they've only got 21 all season, so it's doubtful, but that will get them up to 36 points. So, 
I think they've got 12 more points that will get them up to 33 points. That will still keep them safe. So, no, they have a few games. I think they have to lose three more games to be, like, rock bottom. But that also depends on the other results around them. Yeah, they're actually playing Watford away next, and then they're playing West Ham at home the game after that. Like, I mean... There, I, I would love to see now uh, Adam Eda getting a little bit of a run in the team. Yeah. Just, you know, let him get a Premier League goal or something. There. He nearly scored there the other day he's, as well. Yeah, he's looked good. Um, but he's only getting short little appearances yeah. here and there. And it's hard to come on when you're playing with that like a struggling team at the bottom of the mm. league and you're trying to make a difference as a 19-year-old kid coming through Premier League football. You know, uh, he's done well, obviously, hit the post against Brighton, but... I'd love to see him get a run of games. Maybe finish the last couple of games and just actually be playing. I mean, he's young, fit, hungry, and you know can, can score goals if given the, if given the run. Why not just give him the chance now? You're not really playing for anything else. Yeah, fair, fair point, fair point. Are we are we doing predictions for this week now, Basmon? Yeah. Okay. What happened was last week, Ross and Paul drew again. We're we're sharing that crown still. Yeah, you both got. Go yeah. on. Yeah, so rather than guessing the scores, we're going to guess the winners or a draw. So, or losers. Yeah, because yeah, Baz keeps on getting it wrong. So, you know, yeah, I'll keep getting it wrong. <laughs> yeah, like ever since I won, the two of you just keep drawing. Like, you know, the two of you texting each other. Uh, right. Uh, <laughs> we got one result right. You. <laughs> but, uh, okay, because like we have like over a week ago, results predicted for that Spurs versus Everton, and we're changing, we're going to start off fresh. And then uh, Paul, it's going to be Spurs. Okay, so today is Monday. Spurs are taking on Everton. Paul, you kick it off. Who do you think is going to win or draw? And then we ask, and then we keep it down. Go for an Everton win. 2 1 again. I know I'm taking scores, but I'm just going to give you the score. Okay, Russ? I think it's going to be a draw. Okay, I'm going to go draw as well. Uh, then Crystal Palace are taking on Chelsea on Tuesday. I'm going to go Chelsea. Uh, Chelsea. Yeah, Chelsea. Okay, all three Chelsea. Okay, then also Watford are taking on Norwich. Ross? Watford win. Six-pointer for Watford, yeah. Uh, I'll, go, I'll go Watford as well. Uh, Arsenal taking on Leicester. Paul? I'm going to go for Arsenal win. I'll, I'll do the draw there. Play it safe. <laughs> yeah, well, so well, Arsenal lost, so that's always good, isn't it? <laughs> you start winning. Okay, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Leicester. Uh, okay, uh, then on Wednesday, Manchester City are taking on Newcastle. I'll kick it off with a Man City win. Uh, Ross, ah, Man City. Oh. Uh, I'll go City as well. They need to bounce back from uh, last night. Yeah, definitely. Uh, then also Sheffield United are taking on Wolves. Ross, oh, I like the there. Sorry. I like the draw. Draw. I'm gonna go Chef you win. I'm gonna make it bold. Yeah, Goldrick putting a dunk on it. <laughs> I'd love that, yeah. I'll go for a draw as well. Uh then West Ham are taking on Burnley as well on Wednesday. Uh Paul. So, say that again, sorry. West Ham versus Burnley. Oh, that's uh, a very winnable game. Oh well Burnley have like the most clean sheets of anyone this season, so uh I I gotta go for West Ham because they need it more. Yeah. Paul West Ham. Ross? Yeah, I, I think West Ham as well. I think Antonio's found shooting boots these days. I'm going to go draw. Uh, Brighton versus Liverpool. Uh... <laughs> okay, draw. I'm just going to... Uh, draw. Paul, draw. Ross? I think Liverpool win, but I think they're going to fail a week inside. 
that's actually not a bad show. I'm going to go for Liverpool as well anyway. But uh, then Thursday, Bournemouth taking on Spurs. Spurs. I'm going to go draw. <laughs> yeah, Paul, you're going for Spurs? Yeah. Because everything I ever believe in at the moment, I'm going to go Bournemouth win just to be different. Okay, yeah. Uh, then Everton taking on Southampton, Paul. Uh, Everton win. Uh, Southampton have been good, by the way. I just... Yeah. I'm just going to have to keep back and Everton to win. Mm. It doesn't happen Paul, do you reckon if you predicted the games that and they all came true for Everton, Everton would uh, finish second or third in the league? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm going to say Everton as well. I, I, I just want to see them get into Europe. You know what I mean? My dad sports Everton as well, Paul, by the way. So like, I'd like to see them do well. I think you told me that. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to go for a draw. I'm going to go for a draw there, lads. Uh, then on Thursday, also, Aston Villa hey. taking United. I don't know, Danny Ings. Oh, you know they're going to get the job done. Roscoe, Man U. Paul? I got United. Who are they playing? Villa. Yeah, yeah, United. Yeah. Okay. Uh, oh, hopefully, uh, hopefully they make a fucking show of Jack Grealish and uh, what's called that Man United midfield and then we don't yeah, think we don't go on. Who knows, he scored against them last time. Then uh, Saturday, Norwich versus West Ham. I'm going to go West Ham. West Ross. Ham. Yeah, West Ham. West Ham, that, that, I think that win will like, they'll be safe. After Burnley, Norwich, like Moyes, Moyes will be a hero. We'll get a statue built outside uh, Upton Park. <laughs> That'd be oh. such a funny statue. <laughs> yeah, no, because Upton Park doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> the Olympic oh, yeah. Stadium, isn't it? Uh, okay, then also, Watford are taking on Newcastle. Uh, Ross? Uh, I actually like Newcastle. Your man Maximilian is actually brilliant. I don't know if I'm saying his name right, but like y'all know who I'm talking about. Yeah. Saint, Maxi- Saint Maxime, yeah, I think Ma- it is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Max. I think gotta call him Maximilian forever. Like he's some barnet on him. Yeah. You want my predictions, Barry? Is it sorry? Uh, yeah. Hold on, sorry. I just I skipped there. Watford first to Newcastle. Ross is gone for Newcastle. Yeah, I'll go. I'll, I'll go for that to stay up. So I'll go okay. Watford. The Watford West Ham's games look a lot more winnable, don't they? The rest of the games. Okay, I'm going Newcastle. Um, You're like more uh, shite, though. Let's be honest. Okay, then uh, Liverpool are playing Burnley. Wait, who's playing Burnley? Liverpool are playing Burnley. Oh yeah, Liverpool will be Burnley. Hopefully, oh. Kevin Long isn't playing because like I don't want to see him concede loads of goals. Probably Brady back. I'll probably go the same as Ross there, yeah. Yeah, it's okay. Liverpool's wins is the right show. Uh, Sheffield versus Chelsea. Uh, oh, shit. That's a tough one. Oh, I'm going to go draw. Uh, draw. Well, Paul's going to go draw. Uh, no, I think Chelsea will win. Chelsea. Uh, Brighton yeah. versus Man City. Paul. City win. I'm going to go City as well. Ross. Yeah, but no, I think I think the Brighton are all right against there. Yeah, just go with it. Draw. Uh, Wolves versus Everton. Uh, Paul. Uh, I could see Wolves winning that one, but I'm going to go for a draw. Paul's going to go draw. Ross. But uh, to take Triore out of the game, and I think uh, Digne or Coleman, whichever side he's playing on, will be able to get the job done. So, sorry, what was that? Everton. Everton. Okay, I'm going to go draw. Uh, Asafa versus Crystal Palace. Uh, I'm going to go draw. Uh, Ross? I'm going to say Villa are going to win. Just give them that like, last moment to help hope before they get relegated. 
<laughs> uh, I'll, I'll actually do the same. Yeah. Okay, Villa. Uh, then also uh, on Sunday, this should be a good game. Spurs versus Arsenal. I think I'm going to go for Arsenal for this. Uh, Ross? Yeah, draw, drag out the right where Philip Mourinho will be able to tackle you in that game. So you're on Spurs? Draw. Yeah. Ross going Spurs, uh, Paul's going draw. Uh, Bournemouth versus Leicester as well. Oh, Leicester win. Yeah. Okay, I'll Yeah, then this this day next week, Man United are taking on Southampton. But uh, if you want to just give a quick prediction there, just. Oh, Man United 2-0. Can we predict it on the day? Yeah, yeah, yeah just, in case, just in case stuff happens next week, you know what I mean? Mm. Give us a uh, prediction, then we, we, you can give us a new prediction on the day. Yeah. You know, United win. Okay. All right, lads, that's where I wrapped up the show here. I'm sorry about that, that fucking internet because it's, it's actually breaking my heart because I'm sitting here and being ready to pause, ready to not pause. And then it's like, where'd you go? It's like, lads, this shit can be fucking heartbreaking, but we have to go on through. Uh, if, you, if you haven't checked out any of the shows yet before, make sure to subscribe because uh, I'm actually so fucking pissed off about this internet. Uh, Paul, tell us, about your, <laughs> tell us about your socials there, uh, where we can find you. Uh, on... Most places, if you just type in Irish Football Fan TV or at Irish Football Fan TV, again, on Twitter, it's at Irish Fan TV. Yeah, Paul, you're doing a great job there. It's really good. And uh, you can follow me at Roscoe underscore Cadwell, and uh, you can uh, rate my um, breakfasts. It was him. <laughs> <laughs> birthday, birthday cakes. Uh, yeah. yeah, birthday cakes. Okay, lads, thanks a million for doing this. Sorry about that fucking internet. I don't know what the story is there. It's actually recommended. But uh, if you're new to the channel, make sure to subscribe. Make sure to like, leave a comment. And as always, stay energized. Stay energized.